This morning we're going, <coughs> excuse me, going to continue our studies in Jude. This is the, we're going to finish it this morning. This is our fifth message in this little letter that's 25 verses. Give me a chance to turn to it. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible this morning. I was going to do the King, New King James, but the last verse there... American Standard and the NIV have a better translation of it, as we'll see what we do have the New King James. In this letter, in this letter, Jude goes into great detail about apostates, that is, deceivers, and their judgment in the first 16 verses that we covered. And then in verse 17 he says, But you, beloved, remember that the apostles taught that apostates would come. And then he gives the church instruction on how to protect themselves from falling away from the faith. He tells them to build themselves up on the most holy faith, get into God's word, and learn it. And do this while praying in the Holy Spirit, being dependent upon our Heavenly Father to teach and to strengthen you. And as they do these things, they will keep themselves in the love of God meaning that they will walk in obedience to the word in which they are building themselves up. And then in verses 22 and 23, he tells them to reach out to those who are coming under the influence of apostates, those who are turning away from the faith. And we are to seek to turn them back to the faith. It says, snatching them out of the fire. This whole epistle of Jude is about apostasy. People who fell away from faith and people that fell victims to the apostate teachers. And then he says, go out and reach these people. <clears throat> now, if this apostasy is so dangerous and so deadly, if this apostasy false teaching is so potentially polluting and harmful, is it possible that we could lose our salvation? Now that would be a concern, wouldn't it? So in the very next verse, Jude says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To me, the greatest doctrine of Scripture that is most encouraging, most satisfying, most attractive, and most comforting is that of salvation by grace alone. To understand that I don't have to do any work of my own to force salvation, that it is a gift of love from my Heavenly Father. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And tied to this doctrine of salvation by grace is another doctrine that my salvation is secure. It is very comforting that in a letter about apostasy, Jude begins and ends by talking about the security of the believer. In verse 1, Jude told the believers that they were sanctified, preserved, kept. We are kept in the family of God. We are kept by the power of God. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God until the day of redemption. 
And this is why God calls it eternal life, because it is everlasting. It is without end. So Jude is not talking about the possibility of the believer losing his or her salvation. Well, if he's not talking about falling from grace, then we must discover here this morning what he is saying as he is concluding this great warning to churches. But first, I would like to read John 10, verses 27 to 30, by way of introducing us to the wonderful words of verses 24 and 25. In John 10, verses 27 to 30, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father am one. In Jude, verses 24 and 25, there is great news and cause for rejoicing for all who are indeed true followers of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read this this morning from the New American Standard Bible. And there's reasons for that, but we'll see. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Now, in these two verses, we come face to face with a doxology. A doxology is a word of blessing or praise or adoration directed towards God. And there is a difference between a doxology and a benediction. God blesses you in a benediction. You bless God in a doxology. But one of the interesting things about this doxology is that even though it is directed to God, yet even as we praise God in this doxology, we are reminded of his benediction to us. We are reminded of the many spiritual blessings that he has given to us in Jesus Christ. This doxology, yes, it focuses on God, it exalts God's power and glory, but as it exalts God's power and glory, it anchors the believer's assurance in God's power and the believer's hope in God's glory. So even in glorifying and exalting God, it reminds us of the blessing that God has given us in assurance and hope. And we learn in this doxology that Christians are to praise God at all times even in times of discouragement and challenge in the church. We praise our God because he has the power to enable us to persevere. He is able to keep us from stumbling. And in reminding us that, Jude is showing us that we are to praise our God because our God has the power to enable us to persevere in the faith. And Jude has been talking to us about being on guard against false teachers that would lead you astray. 
false teachers that would lead you into immorality. And so we should be concerned. Lord, I could be led astray. Lord, I could fall away into immorality. And so Jude finishes with a doxology that reminds us that God is able to keep us from stumbling, from falling away from the truth. Jude calls God here him who is able. It's a reminder of the sheer power of God. This emphasis on who God is and on his ability and on his power is so important because ultimately what will keep you from stumbling is the power of God. Him who is able. God alone is our hope and our refuge. It is ultimately God who keeps us and guards us. And what does he keep and guard us from? He is able to keep you from stumbling. We live in a dangerous world filled with false teaching and seductive morals. And that teaching is designed to cause stumbling. To stumble is to fall into moral failure. And Jude is saying here that it is God alone who can keep us from stumbling. But our faith also must cooperate with God's power if we are to keep from stumbling. Indeed, we must heed the exhortations given by Jude himself. Remember the words spoken before by Jesus and the apostles back in verse 17. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, verse 20. Praying in the Holy Spirit, also in verse 20. Keep yourselves in the love of God, verse 21. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Verse 21. If we continue in the faith, heeding such exhortations as these, we know that God is able to keep us from falling, from stumbling. God's ability is stressed by Paul in his doxology of Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Secondly, we praise our God because he has the power to make us stand before him. He has the power to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Because of your position in Christ, you are able to stand in the presence of the glory of God with great joy. Now this is amazing. It has an exclamation mark here. It's amazing. In the presence means in the very presence of, in the sight of, in front of his glory. Blameless, which is literally without spot or blemish, that is above reproach. It was used to describe the absence of defects in sacrificial animals and figuratively of the Lamb of God as unblemished. 
In Colossians 1, verse 22, Yet God has now reconciled you in Christ's physical body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and free from accusation beyond reproach. We are blameless and beyond reproach because we are in Christ. And Jude is saying, there is going to be a day when God stands you before him and there's going to be no flaw in you. He will have transformed you. God's perfecting grace is going to stand you before him blamelessly with great joy. And that phrase, in the presence of his glory, is beyond telling. We sing that song, I Can Only Imagine, and I've taken a couple verses from that. It says, I can only imagine what it will be like, God, when your face is before me, and I find myself standing in the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worshiping you. I can only imagine what it will be like to stand in your presence. Can't put it into words. And the best it can do is come up in the book of Revelation when John is trying to describe God's glory. That's a bit of homework for you if you want to look for it. <laughs> we are blameless and beyond reproach. And I can only imagine. I don't mind her. She's fine. She's all fine. You don't have to worry about that. It's a pleasant thing. Love kids. They're our future. So rest easy. It's fine. Thirdly, notice that in verse 25, this doxology is a praise to God for his exclusive deity. Now to the only God, our Savior. We praise God because he's the only God. He's the triune God of the Bible. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But that's not all Jude draws our attention to here. He's not only the only God, he is God, our Savior. And Jude is reminding us that God the Father is our Savior. Now it is true that the New Testament refers to Jesus Christ our Savior 16 times. In the New Testament also refers to God the Father as our Savior on eight occasions. And some more homework for you. Look at those. On eight occasions, God is referred to our Savior. And that's the focus of Jude here. He's reminding us that God the Father is the source of our salvation. God our Savior, this is important because it helps us to understand the makeup of the Trinity. John 3.16 says it's the Father who sent his Son into the world. God so loved the world that he gave his own Son. So the focus is on the love 
salvation of the Heavenly Father. And Jude is just reminding us that we must look to God, the Father alone, for our salvation. That we must trust completely that He is able to deliver. It's God and God alone who saves. And so we must trust in Him if we are to experience eternal life. And so God, or so Jude praises God for His exclusive deity and because He is God, our Savior. And fourthly, we praise our God because he saves us by the life and work of Jesus Christ. All salvation is through Jesus Christ. And Jude is just reminding us that we should not only praise God for his preserving us from sin, we should not only praise God for his perfecting grace, we should not only praise God because he's the only God and Savior, we should praise God because all salvation is through Jesus Christ. We are to bless God because he saves us by the life and death and work of Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ that God saves man. And thus, through Christ alone, that glory can be given back to the Father. God created us to worship him. He created us to glorify and enjoy him in all of life, as well as in the assembly of believers such as we this morning. Such as we are this morning. Okay. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the only way that we can do what God created us to do. We are only able to glorify God as he intended to be glorified through us in Jesus Christ. If we want to participate in the glory which Christ is giving back to the Father, then we must believe on him. Are we trusting in Jesus Christ? Are we coming to God in Jesus' name? Are we resting the hope of our salvation here and hereafter on Jesus Christ? How do you know that you're going to praise God for all eternity? And you will know that you will, are going to be praising him forever by putting your trust and faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And he will do the rest. In fact, there's nothing more for Jesus to do. He did it all on the cross of Calvary. He defeated sin and Satan on the cross for all who would believe. If you are a Christian, Jesus has abolished your past sin. He clothed us in his righteousness the moment we accepted him as our Savior. When God looks at a Christian he sees the righteousness of Jesus we are covered with. Jesus actually is the one that we will be standing before because he is the judge of the world. He defeated death when he rose from the grave. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow for he is the eternal one. His power 
is not measurable, for he is all power. He and God are one. In Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11, says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. In the very end of verse 25, you see the very heart of this doxology. To God be glory and majesty, dominion and authority, both now and forever. Amen. Jude is praising God for his inherent and timeless worthiness here. He's giving eternal praise to God. We praise God simply because he's worthy of all praises. Glory is referring to God's splendor, his majestic presence. Majesty meaning God's greatness, his kingly status. And these terms are closely related in concept, suggesting that which is worthy of awe, praise, and worship. And thus Jude seeks to have all glory and majesty given to God. Dominion means might, power, strength. Authority refers to jurisdiction, liberty, power, might, strength. And these terms are also closely related in concept. The use of these words demonstrate that Jude recognizes that it is God who rightly deserves and exercises authority over all. Not only does he recognize it, it is his fervent prayer that it continue, he says, both now and forever. Jude's fervent prayer is that glory and majesty, dominion and authority remain God's, not just for the present, but for eternity. And that has an exclamation mark after it. With a single word, amen, meaning so be it, Jude ends his doxology and this epistle itself. So praise God with Jude, and you will find that the God to whom you give doxology is the same God who gives you benediction. So in closing, just some closing thoughts. God gives us his grace so that we desire to keep ourselves in his love. In these last verses, we read that God is able to keep you from stumbling. Now this does not mean that you will never sin again. If that were so, then there is not one of us who has any hope of being kept in Christ. Salvation is a three-part process. Process. Either one. I get confused with that. It's very <laughs> annoying. Because sometimes process comes out, sometimes process comes out. That's all. It's all what? Good. It's all good. It's all good anyway. I have to go with these teachers, right? Keep me on track. There's three of them here this morning. In fact, we're all teachers. Anyway. I teach primary, so they're good. Okay, so they don't, they don't even know the word. Okay. Okay. Okay, salvation is a three-part process process. You were saved when you confessed Jesus as Lord. 
you are also being saved as the Holy Spirit conforms you into the image of Christ. And you will be finally and forever saved when Jesus returns and you stand in his presence with your glorified body. God does not promise we will never sin again. He does promise he will preserve his children from abandoning the faith so that they will be able to stand before him with great joy. Since God is so perfectly faithful, supremely powerful, and infinitely loving, he will not allow any of his faithful children to be lost. God will complete his saving work he began in you. Because you did nothing to earn salvation, you can do nothing to lose it. However, salvation is not a license to sin or to believe whatever we choose to believe. If it were, then most of what Jude wrote about would make no sense. For those who genuinely profess Christ as Lord and Savior, who are recipients of God's love, and who respond to it with faith, they will never fall away. And because your salvation is God's work in you, he alone deserves all the glory and praise now and forever. Therefore, let us not be Christians in title only. If Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and we have been saved by his work on the cross, then let us contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to us. And let us keep that faith by cultivating our relationship with Christ, having mercy on those who are falling away and giving glory to God for his work in us and his promise to keep us. Believers, when we understand what God has done for us in salvation, we will understand that we are eternally secure in his love. This doctrine should bring us great peace. We never seem to live up to who we are in Christ, but God always sees us in Christ. And this is good news. Thanks be to God. Amen. And we'll be closing this morning with the hymn, To God Be the Glory. And that is our prayer for us this morning. To God be the glory. It fits right in with this message. So is it coming up on here? Okay, well, I'm going to go over there then. See that. I can't sing with the hell of beans, so I'll just get out of your sight here. That's not true. Here, Dad's that. a fabulous singer when there's no company. Oh, yes, I'm in the shower. It's great. But then it's when true. I get here, huh? it's not so good. No, that's just Other signs, stand. whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to see. You want to go stand in the bathroom, Ross, and sing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> We know. Yeah, we know. Most of us all know this one. Some do not. <laughs> if you were roused and raised in a Baptist church, yeah. you know this song. Yeah. Know this yes. song. Hymn number two twenty-seven. <laughs> when you asked for it, exactly where it was. Inspiring. Yes. In 
Inspiring Hymns, Red Book. You got it. 227. The message is powerful. So um, let's not fall into old hymnology where we just sing it because we know it. No. You're right, right. Dad. It's the message. I'm yes, just that is the message. Sure. I'm just putting this blind because that's why. Yeah, that makes it a little better. Pull the other ones down, too. Father, in the way that you would want us to do to please you in your precious name. Amen. Amen.